Building Raw Talks is certainly what my next guest, Tamsin Napier Munn, is all about. Tamsin, who has a background in championing women through the Business Awards for the Business Magazine, has founded her new academy during the lockdown, and her complete drive is to inspire women to show up as their real, authentic selves, however hard that may be. We chat over tea in true Tamsin style, have a raw conversation about our pasts, what makes us tick as women, why we tend to hold back and how we can all move forward. This podcast is a lot longer than usual, but some really useful personal development tips from Tamsin. Enjoy. Happy International Women's Day 2021. Welcome, Tamsin, to Tea Time with me, Ali Rodjack. So how are you today? Dare I say I'm fine. Good, good. This is what we Do you know what fine means? Or shouldn't I say it? Uh, Go on, I'm going to tell me, tell me, tell me. No, no, no. Okay, it means means feelings inside not expressed. Or there is another version of it, which is slightly ruder, so I might not... um, It's something insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yes. Okay, right. I I can relate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll we'll go for the first option. Fine. (laughs) I'm fine. No, I am. I'm really good. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. No, no, you're looking well. And I mean, you know, lockdown has been a... Uh, a funny time for everybody hasn't it really um there are people who have you know struggled with other stuff but there are people like us who have started embarked on new journeys Mm -hmm. so absolutely do you want me to kind of give you an idea of what I've been doing well I know a little bit about what you've been doing because I have been online with you and been inspired by you so do do tell us more about raw talks okay well the the word inspiration is absolutely key because as you know raw talks academy is is stands for real authentic women and for me it's about inspiring women to make changes to have the courage and confidence to speak up step up and uh, get heard, get seen, and overcome all the obstacles and all the self-limiting beliefs that we have that hold us back. And I'm sort of living proof, if you like, that, uh, that overcoming these uh, is possible. And I'm on a journey too. So by, by the way, I am not where I want to be. You know, this, this, is, this is still my story. But I have, it's a culmination of things of bringing together um, my sales background, my corporate business background, my work with Dale Carnegie training, so to become a speaker and communicator, but then working with Women in Business Awards with the Business Magazine, got me in touch with some amazing women and kind of looked at their DNA through the interviews I did and meeting so many women through the awards to realize and recognize that there are so many women out there who hold themselves back because of our kind of self-limiting, second-guessing, overthinking, overanalyzing. So I've now kind of researched into it and realized, you know, that that there's so much science to it, that evidence shows that we are sort of 
wired differently, but also how we're brought up. So I, that, that's really my mission is to liberate women from self-imposed limitations with me. So that's in a nutshell. <laughs> Confidence, so courage, change. Confidence, courage, change. Those are, are the, the, the three C's that sound really good to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a struggle sometimes, isn't it, being a woman? Um, you know, especially from the generation that we've kind of come from. It's, it's increasingly less so, I think, for girls, mm. you know, because there are different opportunities now. But, you know, when we were young, they didn't, we didn't have the opportunities, did we, really? No, I, I think it was, it was clearly different then because at university wasn't such a, a prevalent opportunity for most people and women. But I still say that actually meeting young women coming through university, coming into the, the, the job market have still gotten blighted by these self-doubts. It's astonishing actually, it's, it's still there. And I'm not sure whether this is something that is inherently a female trait, which I suspect part of it is, but also uh, the upbringing. So there's a long way to go before we truly have kind of, not eradicated, but become into the world of work with equal amounts of self-belief and confidence. So, you know, a lot of, I don't know, again, upbringing is probably part of it, big part of it. I, I think, you know, upbringing is a big part of it. And also, you know, just simple things like the gender pay gap. I mean, we're still mm. not quite there, are we? Nowhere near it. <laughs> and, you know, some industries are worse than others. But uh, they talk about this gender pay gap, Ali, which you know, if you look behind it, is very much about this gender ambition gap. They call it the ambition gap, where women are looking at the top and saying, mm, I'm not sure if I like it there. It's not where I want to be because there's a perception that it's stressful. And I was talking to someone in corporate finance uh, the other day who's who's a, a woman with, a, with children, a family, and she was expected to work 12 days after 12 days a week that's now that would be really interesting it was seven days a week because this project demanded it and I thought that's really going back because you know nowadays this is this is not something that a woman will aspire to do necessarily uh particularly with a family uh and I guess that's that's um something that we have to start changing uh the narrative but there is one other thing that's you know there is an element also of not just creating an environment where women feel they can support themselves going and having that aspiration instead of ambition. I think there's a, a change of language needed as well. So ambition is like, you know, get to the top, you know, climb the ladder of success, very male, masculine, male dominated kind of language, but also women tend to kind of wait to be asked, tend to wait to be noticed we tend to kind of wait to be asked to dance, if you like. And I think it's about empowerment. So my academy and all the work that I do is about women empowering themselves, not waiting to, to, for someone else to notice them, but to kind of take charge. That's, uh, you know, and looking at their potential as opposed to just what they haven't achieved in a nutshell. You can get yeah, me on the subject forever, as you know. Yeah, I know we could be on the subject forever. That that that's very true. And um, but I know it it is it's it's really true. You know, having been in a 
a previous relationship myself, you know, where I was in a relationship for a good best part of 20 years. And he was the achiever and he was the, and that's how it was because I had the children, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it is an interesting one. And I think, you know, having sort of spent the last five years doing my own thing, it's, you know, you do learn and, you know, I had to learn the hard way, but it, it really was a great life experience and, I think there's a lot of women who, as you say, need to be helped to discover their full potential. Or is that a very masculine phrase as well? Well, two things I would sort of kind of, if you don't mind, kind of ring little alarm bells for me is this word help. Because I often think, you know, everyone says, oh, I want to help you to, I will help you to do this. And for me, the word sort of... In, kind of uh indicates that i'm helpless I'm, i know that's not the case but i feel the word empowerment the word support is probably a better language to reach out to women to say rather than i'm going to help you because you are not helpless it's about supporting you and sometimes women need a push we all need sometimes that push uh to challenge ourselves rather than you know being given us an easy pathway let's just sort of go back to to young Tamsin so you were Ooh. in London weren't you and um that's where you sort of started your career journey so to speak yeah I kind of run away from yeah so yeah it started sort of back out in the west of London but I you know I ran away from home so to speak I kind of left home at the age of I don't know, 18, 19, uh, 19 actually it was, having thought I was going to be a fashion designer, thinking the world was my oyster and found pretty soon that it was quite the opposite. I, um, I'd had a pretty uh, challenging upbringing with very little guidance, very little uh, self-esteem and really not being allowed to speak up and express myself. So there was a real suppression in, in the family environment and I, I suppose I sort of, with a low self-esteem, I sort of fell into all the wrong things when I got to London. Then I um, kind of worked out that I had to go and get some money. So I figured out that I could work in the fashion industry. Now that came about just by knocking on the door of one of the fashion houses thinking that I could work my way up, but it soon became clear I've got to work my way up from the real bottom. And that means the gopher. And I worked for Philip Green for a short while, which was an interesting experience. And beyond that, I then became apparent that I became uh, aware that I was really good with people, that I could, could influence people and that I was able to sell. And that sales skill that I developed, I, whoops, and enhanced, um, really gave me the confidence to think that I actually had something of value that I could do. So I, I then went to work for um, my cousins who had importing footwear company. So we sold to the likes of Topshop and other companies. And we had a fantastic time. It was really in my element. And I, and I started to kind of begin to realize I could cut a path in sales, but I had absolutely no plan. 
none of what I've ever done has been a plan up until now. So I just <laughs> followed, followed, uh, followed the kind of, I think it was, it was, I was following the need to become financially independent of my parents, of, of men, particularly because of my father's influence. And I was driven by the need to be financially secure. So I kind of followed the path of sales in anything like publishing. Then I went to IT, for example, uh, in the dot-com boom era. So where, how far do you want me to go? Well, I mean, you did. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of getting you to, to, to tell us some of your story as well, because it is an interesting story. And um, I mean, part of the reason, one of the situations, experiences in your life was during the dot-com period where um, this is, yeah. you know, brought forward raw talks in present day, hasn't it? Because, mm, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, tell us about the, the account you basically lost £20,000, didn't you? Well, it was, was £20,000 a month for 12 months, really. I suppose that was more of the, the point is I... I was, uh, yeah, driven to to do well, and I we were. I was working for a consulting firm. Now, this was was truly at the top of the dot com. You know, you couldn't throw enough money at this stuff. Everybody and their dog was was putting a website together, an e commerce site, and we had this opportunity to pitch for this piece of business, which was the biggest the company had ever done. And we were asked as a team, you know, who's going to pitch for it? Who's who's likely to put themselves forward. And, and I, I did what a lot of us do, and that's I hesitated. And in that kind of moment of hesitation, those creeping doubts, sort of the CDs, I call them, came flooding in as if to say, well, who do you think you are? What makes you think you could do this? Have you got what it takes? I'm going to embarrass myself by pitch for it. And what if I fail? And what if I ruin the opportunity for the company? You know, probably in a few seconds, all those conversations went on. And I so I hesitated. And in that split second, if you like, uh, my colleague Ian put his hand up. And as a result, he's there at the front of the room. He's there winning the piece of business. And I... I remember thinking, I was just kicked myself saying, you know, I will never do that again. Look what I've lost. And it really was 20,000 pounds worth of commission every month, really pretty much for the for 12 months. And that was 1998-ish. So you're talking a long time ago. It was worth putting a hand up. And I just <laughs> challenge women, any woman out there to say, what is the hesitation costing you? What's the opportunity cost that you're missing? It may not be be monetary could be some other kind of opportunity and that kind of sort of sowed the seeds for me wanting to push myself forward for every opportunity and I miss a lot I still hesitate of course I do but it did teach me that lesson of, of little voice saying go for it um yeah, yeah. I mean it's, I mean with the creeping doubt, I mean, obviously, you know, there there has to be a system, doesn't there, of to be able to overcome those creeping doubts. Because I presume that way back then you had the sales pitch. You already knew what the sales pitch or the pitch was. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, you know, of having the strategy to... Yeah become that so would you say though because this is quite interesting really would you say that they're kind of two different things 
Um, you know, I mean, I, constantly I hear from people, you know, that I, I meet on the business scale oh, about, you know, pitching, you know, you need to be able to have your pitch down to a fine point. Um, is it really just all about pitching or is it, you know, to do with confidence? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Look, confidence um, is is massive. You can, you can have the best pitch in the world, but if you can't deliver it uh, with confidence, no one's going to trust or believe in you. And that confidence comes from a number of things. Is firstly getting to understand what you're capable of. So, so you know, absolutely. I was talking to someone earlier about, you know, female entrepreneurs who who are perhaps looking for funding to help them grow their businesses. And of course, we know, I say, of course, of course, it's not necessarily, of course, um, we, we, there is a lot of research out there to show that female-led businesses are more successful generally, more profitable than male-led business, businesses. So there's a business case for, for this. And why there, are, and there aren't so many investors and funds for female led businesses than there should be and that's something to address but to get in the way of that you know women aren't as good as I say good aren't as impactful or confident in putting themselves forward or or presenting themselves selling themselves as men might be men have much more perhaps overconfidence bravado more likely to take a risk so what we tend to do are great deflectors of 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 um, of acknowledgement of recognition, so it's kind of it's not about me; it's about everyone else. And so, this is about how do we, as women, uh, start really presenting ourselves as the that we absolutely truly believe in who we are, what we're doing, and we are comfortable presenting ourselves how we show up. So. The ability to inspire influence um, are key to uh, any anyone pitching for anything. And confidence comes from an inner belief. It comes from, I guess, a number of things, but I talk about a five-step process of self-discovery to become your own inspiration. Because when you can become your own inspiration, you then exude confidence and inspire others. So the five steps are very much looking at the past, number one, and recognizing what you have achieved. So we don't tend to do that as much as we should. We kind of look back and see what we haven't achieved. Mm -hmm. So looking back and making an inventory of what we have achieved is hugely important to looking at it, reminding ourselves and build, boosting our confidence. The second thing is, is looking at the, the our purpose. I call it the power of purpose is starting to define what is, what is our reason? What is the driving force behind what we're doing? What is the overall, the kind of the bigger purpose over and above, you know, women might say it was my children and my purpose, my family, my career. I'm talking about something that has absolute meaning behind what you do, that has a sort of sense of, it's beyond um, your, what you're currently doing. It's kind of the difference you wanna make perhaps. And that, purpose is the rocket fuel if you like for driving in any endeavor and when you have a purpose it comes from a place whatever you're saying or whatever you're pitching about is comes from a different place you have energy 
Yeah, it's, it's become something of passion. And that passion can, as I say, let it, let it show, let it grow and let it flow. Let that passion really come out in how you're communicating to your audience. And when you have, you look at Malala Yousafzai, she's, I can't remember how you exactly say her surname, but she, you know, when you look at her speech at the UN and, yeah. and so many people have that kind of inner drive, it's kind of nothing can shake her. And she has this ability to communicate so powerfully and grab people's attention. And that's because it's coming from a place of passion, of certainty, of value set. So we look at the power of the past, the power of purpose, defining what that looks like. And the power of presence, so looking at what, what your values are now, what's got you to where you are now? And what do you stand for? You know, they say, if you don't stand for, if you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so to be able to, to highlight, you know, it's like a, a kind of solid rock. So you're coming from a place of certainty and certainty equals confidence, right? So if you're certain about something and yourself, you will feel more confident and you will more likely to step out of your comfort zone, right? So the other, the other, the other uh, part of this five-step process is the potential. So looking at where you want to be and what you need to be able to accomplish. So what do you need to master? What skills and mindset? And the fifth, which is the most important thing um, is the uh, ability to prove it to yourself. And that means, you know, you can have the greatest purpose. You can kind of remind yourself what you're capable of unless you actually prove, prove it to yourself by taking courageous action, you will never build confidence. Confidence comes from action. Um, there's no rock, you know, silver bullet to this, but no. I believe action is the, the most important thing, because that's when you truly know what you're capable of, when you get outside your comfort zone. So where do we go from there? So I am saying, you know, this, this self-discovery process is a very powerful way. And you're talking about pitching. You know, if you've got that ability to then influence people with, you know, techniques about communication, how to tell a story, you know, we've got to master this stuff if we really want to stand out from the crowd and get noticed. Gosh, that was a, a bit of a seminar and rally there. Yeah, no, absolutely. But <laughs> this is what you're passionate about, isn't yeah. it? You know, and totally. that is completely empowering women. And as you said, that has grown out of because, you know, you run very successfully, ran rather very successfully the business wards for the business magazine for how many years? Well, it was, uh, it was, we were in our sixth year as lockdown came and we had to kind of sideline it and it would, you know, it's, it's got, it's yet to be picked up, but it was, uh, it really was a step up for me, but it was a step up for a lot of women. And I, I'm sad that it hasn't been reinvigorated yet, but it, it no doubt it will be, but it was, it was, a um, an opportunity to do what, and there are lots of women in business awards now around. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think the, the biggest thing, Ali, which, which I don't know if you can relate to this, is <laughs> that women, to get women to put themselves forward for an award is yeah. like pulling teeth, mm -hmm. right? You know, it was the most difficult challenge every year. And it, it meant actually having to, to often cajole women to... to put themselves forward or get someone else to put them forward that was usually the only way to do it 
and uh, which is a shame because a lot of unsung talent. Yeah, it's, it is a strange one. I mean, you know, obviously I'm a woman myself and it, it's, it is a strange one. I mean, I, you know, um, I'm not a good example because of the <laughs> TV career, because you have to put yourself out there regardless, you know, but um, I have, you know, lots of women that I'm close to and, you know, have been a part of or, whatever over the years yeah I have noticed that it's very very rare that any one of them have said all right you know well I'm putting myself in the limelight to mm. you know get get these rewards so it, and it, why is that do you think um <clears throat> I think some of them don't want to be in the limelight I really don't I don't think I think they shy away from it um I think I've noticed that that they don't really want to um but once you kind of coach them through it because part of what I do you know with through radio and tv and now obviously podcasting it's um is is coaching people um mm. to be able to tell their story in a podcast format you know in a chat show podcast format and some of them are really good at that and have developed you know like yourself I mean you're you're a storyteller so um you know that that's obviously fine but you know I'd, yeah I've come across many women who have really struggled and oh my god I can't do this yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I just said yes you can do this you're having a conversation with me forget that there's technology around that there's microphones mm. or whatever just look at me look at me in the eyes and tell me straight what you've been doing <laughs> and um yeah and then you know eventually we get there and you know I've, and I've been a I've been incredibly privileged in what I've been doing because mm. you know I have been able to help people tell their stories and what invaluable stories they are you know yeah. but yeah especially women I I think it's been really um yeah they they seem it's very rare that I come across a man that can't sort of deliver yeah <laughs> it's weird isn't it it's strange yeah you know there are lots of reasons why and we could probably have another whole podcast on on you know the reasons <laughs> behind all of this to be honest so mm. there's a there's there's a sense there's there's um biological you know if you've read the female brain and you know really interesting we're wired slightly differently we have um we're wired for worry apart from anything else so you oh, know great. <laughs> um and i think you know life reinforces that need to be perfect and you know the judgment aspect of it so, you know, women, women are more tend to me, I use this word tend to, I wear, wear it out, but tend to, to be more collaborative, tend to be. Um, and I remember reading that lion, lionesses, uh, they hunt in collaboration with each other, whereas male lions hunt alone. So that may be kind of, it's not just human beings that <laughs> struggle with this. But we are more, but it's actually a huge strength. Let's not forget that in the days of, of particularly now with this pandemic as it's been so challenging is the word compassion, compassionate leadership. 
empathy are kind of two traits of of women's women's traits that that are one of the two of the most important in leadership right now and in the future no doubt yes and i think you know they're also what well, one of the other messages because we do tend to sort of hang around in packs as it were mm. um i think one of the the other messages is that you know that we all need to be supporting each other and not comparing each other yeah comparison is the point. biggest confidence killer <laughs> yeah um yeah com comparing ourselves of how inadequate we are and particularly if you are starting a business or you you see someone else getting a promotion in the company or you see on social media someone else has kind of nailed it um and you think how am i going to do that and feel very inadequate it's it's a really uh, I think men tend to tend to have, I, you know, I call this sod it button. Uh, in fact, a male friend of mine described it. He said to, to me, you know what, Tamsin, I, I, I think that men tend to have more of a sod it button than women. And I said, what do you mean by that? Said, well, you know, we tend to, to look at something, not dwell on what we have done or <clears throat> failures of the past. We tend to sort of go, oh, uh, I'm going to go for that, sod it. And you see, you see that in promotions and job hunting and, you know, men will more likely give it a go. I, I mean, I could come up with all sorts of examples of, of, of evidence around this, but I think that's part of the thing is that we've, we haven't got to, we've got to find our sod it button. We have. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I have already found our sod it buttons, but yeah, it, it, it's very, very true. I think, you know, that there's no point in, you know, I've definitely learned that it's, there's no mm. point in overanalyzing something, just go for it. Yeah. As long as it doesn't involve, you know, jumping off a cliff or whatever, but. <laughs> well, that's where we have to kind of think about things, but I think a lot of us spend a lot of time in our heads, you know, and I, I don't, you know, this is important to be able to think things through, but when it becomes a, a jail, as Mel Robbins talks about mental jail, you know, I put myself in solitary confinement at one time, uh, but literally just, just got locked in my head and couldn't function. And we forget out of fear to perhaps listen to our instincts and trust our instincts, take action. Yeah. No, absolutely. And of course, you did. You you actually had a, um, a nervous breakdown, didn't you? Which mm. is really um, given you an insight, hasn't it? It's given you a wake up call. Um, yeah. Oh, it did. Uh, Ali, as you're quite right, you know, it was uh, a culmination of things. It was like the sort of as as these things are you know when your nervous system gets overloaded with too much and I've always suffered from anxiety anxiety and fear worry and it became so overwhelming at one point after a divorce and moving home that I literally couldn't function I was sitting in a chair and looking out of the window thinking where am I going to get the money from to pay you know, even just put food on the table for my son and to try and keep things going. And when you're in that state, and I tell you, if the people are going through this, I absolutely understand. I have total 
um, empathy and compassion for anyone who's going through any mental because what I found was I was locked in my, my head and that all the worries just became so, so embedded that it became what I call a runaway train you know if you can imagine on those films where you see a runaway train and you see in there that it's kind of hurtling towards some sort of tunnel or um, boulder in in the in the middle of the track so you just know it's impending disaster and it felt like that, you know, and I, I, at one point, it just, I just had enough. And I think when you get to the point where something pushes you, and I remember launching myself, I didn't think about it. It was like it was an out of body experience seeing myself launch myself out of this chair. And I picked up my phone and I phoned the owner of the business magazine and said, you know, David, I, I've known you for a long time. I would love to come and speak to you. I think I could add some value to your business. I, I don't actually remember what I said. Anyway, we, we set up a meeting and actually, do you know what I did is I missed the first two meetings. I actually forgot to turn up and you know why is because my head was completely in the wrong place. But anyway, he was patient enough, <laughs> third time lucky. Aww. And there I was, I, I came to him. I didn't know what I was going to say to him, but something compelled me to go and have a conversation. And I came up with some ideas. And so this is another thing is that what women tend to do is to wait until we're ready for something, wait until we're kind of noticed and asked, as I said. And actually what I did was I found something that could be of interest. They didn't, weren't looking for anyone. They didn't have a job role to fill. I just came up with a, a solution to a problem that they didn't know they had. And the rest is history. I then ran three campaigns and particularly the Women in Business Awards, which had already started, but I took it on and, and helped to, to grow it. So just going back, what did I do? Well, I inadvertently used this kind of awareness and push that some of us need. I call it a breakthrough formula. And I've created it based on Mel Robbins's uh, five second rule, but it's being aware certainly being aware of, first of all, an idea or thought that pops into your head or a worry, being aware um, before it takes hold. And then counting backwards, this kind of counting backwards just shifts the mindset to be able to take charge of yourself, to take charge of your mind, three, two, one, and then move. And I didn't consciously do this, but I literally did get up and make that phone call without thinking. If I had thought about it, thought, Shall I? I would never, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. And I call it the sliding doors moment. You know, that amazing, that film, although they both ended in disaster. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, sliding doors moment, you know, where you can make that decision a split second and your life could completely change direction. Yeah. For better, for worse, whatever. But uh, if you want to change some things in your life, you absolutely need to take charge and change things. And this is, it's about courage because... Because, you know, to, in order to change things, you really have to shake things up and you have yeah. to. You know, yeah. even now, I mean, Pete, I mean, as, as you know, I, I come across as an incredibly confident person. I am, but you you know, even now I still have to push myself out of my comfort zone. Yes. Because yes. I know otherwise I'm not going to make the rest of the journey happen. You know, no. and it's, you know, I still, 
as a you know female entrepreneur get that sort of stomach feeling and oh yeah, you know yeah sort of because it, it what I have learned actually is that yeah. excitement and anxiety are the same are the same yeah. yes yes <laughs> They really are. It's yeah. how you frame it, how you look at it, what you call it, how mm. you see it, what meaning you give to it completely. Absolutely. You're right. And, you know, it, it's like those, I mean, I, we're both mothers. So, I mean, we know that that first initial excitement and anxiety when you find out you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh! <laughs> you know, can I really be in charge of another human being? yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but it, it's more excitement than anything else but it's also mm-hmm. that that feeling of whoa this is new so you know all of your nervous system is just sort of like whoa, whoa I'm, I'm awake I'm alive yeah 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 mm-hmm. absolutely and it's 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 making that shift from uh as you say from fear and tipping it and I use the same formula, if you like, to do what I call mind judo. So to kind of tip it into the opposite. So um, we talk about, you know, what if, what if, what if and we can go down this worry worm route, down a rabbit hole of worry, or we can flip it and say, well, what if? Uh, and I think uh, Joe Vitale calls it, you know, the what if up and the what if down. So so you know you can shift make that shift emotionally from anxiety into excitement and it takes a mind shift and that's why i call it mind judo because it's such a similar tussle you know tussle you know you can get into and you can use use that three two one to to flip it into a, a well what if it does work what if i can achieve this what if and you look up and it becomes more of a a positive focus so you then start to look at ways in which you can make that work you know it's nlp or whatever you like to call it but um yeah it's yeah so fear and anxiety and uh excitement you're absolutely right is, is the same thing so how do you overcome your how do you push yourself out of your comfort zone um <clears throat> I think, you know, I, I have learned that, you know, I, I've learned a little bit about sod it, <laughs> you know, the sod it button. And I just think, well, you know, even if I'm not quite sure about it, um, I'm going to try and do it anyway. Um, yeah. I'm now learning that don't use the word try, just do it. Um, you know, just yeah. do it. Just show up just show up um and you know as soon as I um I think for me as I as I said one of the the biggest learning curves was when you know I my separate ways from my husband five years ago so Mm. that was a massive learning curve for me Mm. so suddenly you know I was the person in complete charge of everything so I had to learn to say don't talk yourself out of this just do it just show up doesn't matter how you feel just show up and be present okay so in that moment where yeah. you go i'm going to do it just do it is there is that kind of how do you push yourself to do it is it a movement thing is it a 
energy thing is it? Because one can sit at a desk and go, just do it, just do it. And you can still look at something and then put it off because procrastination is one of our biggest. Yeah, I don't put it off. Mm. Okay. I'm now at the stage where I don't put it off. Even if I feel that, you know, that there's, there's still times when I think, oh God, I could just get into a corner and do whatever. And I just think, don't go there, do it. Pick up that phone. Right. So, so you, you, you've sussed this one. You've sussed this one. For, for women out there who kind of hear the Nike thing of just do it. Uh, it's kind of, well, it's all very well, but how do I just do it? And this is where that magic formula, if, I, if you like, the breakthrough formula is so helpful, powerful, is that at the end of the sort of counting backwards of three, two, one, the moment you have that awareness of something you've got to do, a fear that kind of, oh, I've got to do something now, um, based on, of course, you've got to have a dream and you've got to have a, I suppose, an objective or a vision or something you want to achieve that is greater than your fear. That's number one. You know, you've got to have something that really drives you. Uh, though otherwise, it won't be worth the, 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 the fear, if you like, to go overcome that. And then this awareness of what you've got to do to overcome it. The awareness of the, the fear that might set in. And then three, two, one, the physical movement. I don't know if you feel this, but I've discovered that physically moving with energy, with, with enthusiasm, really breaks through any kind of fear and you can just get so much done it, it kind of leaves the doubting person way behind do you know what I mean yeah yeah I've also learned something else as well is you know when that 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 sort of you know when you sort of start to question things and go down that path and think oh well I can't do this mm. I can't do this instead of saying I can't do this now I say how can I do this Oh, like that. Like that one, Ali. <laughs> I'm going to pinch that. How can, How I, do can I do it? How can I do it? How can I get yeah. there? How can I yeah. drive this media company forward? Because it's ah. a great question because your brain then automatically goes to work, of course, to find the answers. Hmm. And yeah. also, I think the, the thing is, especially in the world that we live in, okay, because, you know, now... We don't have to get in a car to get together and it doesn't, it's not going to take me 45 minutes to get over to your place and set up and yep. you know, have a chat or vice versa. It, it's not, we're, we're instantly online and that's great, but we also need to remember that we're not going to find the, all the answers within five minutes. Mm. That's another thing that I really kind of discovered as well in the last five years is that you don't have to have all the answers, you know, get rid, all the answers and get rid of all this sort of feeling. I mean, to be, you know, push yourself forward constantly. Um, so you know, part of this, I get it what you're saying, because, you know, this is about not being afraid to fail forward, fail fast and fail forward. What does that mean? It's 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 saying perfection um the world won't wait for the perfect woman i say you know it's often we're waiting for all the lights to turn green to all the all the circumstances and environment to be ready and right for us to be perfect you know all the ducks to be in a row and 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 they will probably never be you know and so there's a big one i've learned i have honestly learned because i'm constantly waiting till i'm ready 
And actually then I have to use the, the power of three, the three, two, one, go, just do it. Uh, and, and it's if even when it's not perfect, there's this huge sense of empowerment because you feel like you've actually done something and you get feedback and then you do it again. I knew in theory, that's what we're taught. And you think, well, I, is, I just don't know if I can be, it's the fear of being judged maybe. I don't know, men, this solid button that men have more of, um, uh, you know, they're, they're more likely to, to fail forward. And perhaps that's why they're more risk takers in business and why women's entrepreneurs tend to be more profitable because investors know that they are taking less of a risk investing. In. Yeah, right? I mean, there, I there, there, there is that. I mean, there, there, there's no wrong way or right way, though. I mean, it, it's just really, I think, yeah. I think you've just got to show up, haven't you? You've got to be present. Yeah. So up and it takes and, courage it does and it takes courage and you know um my advice to anybody if you want an easy life don't be an entrepreneur you know don't yeah because it's it's not well, if any, you, for anyone if you want an easy life well actually it isn't easy is it i think what, what was the i'm gonna get i'm see if i can remember this you know um if you i, I remember seeing a quote if you want an easy life um, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's basically saying you, you've got to be able to, you won't get an easy life if you don't take risks. You get an easy life if you take the risks and you push through your fears because then you reach the things, the goals that you want to do. And you, that's called an easy life, I guess, is getting what you want. Um, life can be tough if you don't decide to, to um, take on challenges and push on through the fears yeah. then life will remain tough absolutely Gosh, that's a bit of a <laughs> scary thought isn't it you know it is a scary thought and that you know and i think that's why you know a lot of women think oh my goodness and then you know i need to i need to be doing this all at once otherwise i'm gonna have an awful life <laughs> and, um no, they're not. It's just, you know, you've just got to, to show up every day, I think, and say, how can I do this? How can I do mm. this? Well, so what, what, some, what scares you the most? What's the thing that kind of, you say you, you're not as confident as you sound or you look. What is the thing that sort of... Well, you know, I mean, I, we, we've spoken. I mean, I, I've got quite a big dream of having a global media company. So... Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've already started that dream and it is, uh, it is a big dream. And I know that, you know, I'm, I've got lots of stuff that I'm going to, and it's just encountering new experiences, isn't it? You know, it's just yeah. growing all the time. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's still that little alley inside of me that says, mm, you know, can I do this? And I, I just know now. How can I do this? How love it. Love it. This? I'm gonna. I'm gonna pinch that one if you don't mind, and then no, it. no, an alley term. I'm gonna just call it. You know, the alley something. Yeah. Because right? that's you know how can I? It's the alley question. So I think that's really powerful. Were you brought up um, with uh, this kind of attitude, or did you kind of discover it? I kind of discovered it. 
and I had to, as I said, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't really remember, you know, how we were talking about, you can't, we can't remember before children, we can't remember before Zoom, um, what life was like. Yeah. I can't really remember um, what was my life was like before five years ago. And I know that sounds absolutely crazy. <laughs> I can't because I was dropped into a situation that I had to change and I had to change pretty goddamn yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it became about how can I get us move us out of the family home into another house that is more affordable for me and the children right now? How can I do this? How can I find some more work? How can I make the books balance? How can I do this? So it really became my one question in life. How can I? How can I? I love it. Yeah. You know, there, there wasn't a choice, you know, mm. because what the, the, the other choice would to just crumbled in a heap and what would have happened to my children? So, I mean, looking at your children, uh, how would you say that they take on? I mean, they're young, but they're also um, young adults. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And, and do they see that confidence in themselves in the way that you and I perhaps didn't when we were younger? Yes. Um, I think they do because, um, you know, time has moved, evolved, and we have learned more as people as time has gone on, generations have come on. I mean, you know, it, it's all about, in my eyes, the art of conversation. And the art of the conversation has completely changed and communication. So in actual fact, I think at the moment, one of our biggest problems of the 21st century is, is we are over communicators. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we perhaps get a bit tired out from chatting too much. But that's a different problem in itself, isn't it? We, we need that time to we, we have to recognise that we can't just keep going 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 that we do need to say right I need to set a, a certain amount of time just for me to be me just to live in a space to be not yep. take on world problems try and make a difference all in one day that type of thing and I, I think you know th this generation generation z which is probably um your son and my daughter's generation my my son is just a little bit older than that Mm. um they're very much um they talk about everything you know nothing is uh whereas we were brought up in an environment oh you didn't talk about that or mm. you just you know, nobody would talk to you about it well they're yeah. talking about everything you i know. know i am absolutely i don't want to go down there because obviously this is a podcast but yeah i i'm quite i'm quite shocked at things that they're willing to talk about yeah if i'm honest but yeah yeah but you know i think also it, it is over communication but it also means that you can get lost and so for this is why a lot of women i think particularly with zoom and particularly with this virtual world are not being seen they don't they don't know how to stand out from the crowd and speak up it's sort of wait my turn wait to be asked and and actually putting yourself forward and, and giving your opinion and speaking with you know there's this kind of thing of, you know, as women, we we feel we we've got to not be pushy or over over overbearing or <laughs> aggressive or emotional, but passion has to 
come into it. So how do you, how do we um, communicate to get noticed, to have impact, to get buy-in, to, to influence in the way that we need to, in not just as in leadership, but in, in the virtual world anyway, um, and to, to get our points across in the right way. So those, those are things I work on with, with women to, uh, to give them the, get a shift, but also the confidence to know that they can, and they do have a voice. Mm, yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. So, so just tell us quickly, or tell me really quickly, why, how, um, well, I know how Raw Talks was formed in a way, but you know, what, what was the sort of light bulb moment you thought, I'm gonna do this? Uh, yeah, good question, Ali. I, it came from, I think it wasn't one single moment in time. It was a series of events uh, with women in business, having worked with women in business and just constantly coming up with, uh, look, wind the clock back. I really never ever thought that I had a problem with being a woman in business, partly because I was in sales and I, most of my clients, my customers in the, in the field of IT, and whatever field I was in were men. And dare I say it was, you know, there were fewer women in sales in those days. So you kind of stood out anyway. And one could use that kind of femininity, if you like, rightly or wrongly, to be persuasive. Now, I capitalized on that. So I did well, but I also did well with, with female buyers as well. So it wasn't all about that. Um, but so when I when I was asked, would I like to take on the Women in Business Awards? I was a bit skeptical, if I'm honest, because I was never one of these women that goes to women's events. Women who lunch have, you know, this kind of conversation I would have avoided just because, not because it's you, because we would have had a chat over a glass of wine or whatever, but um, having women in groups to talk about stuff really didn't interest me, right? For whatever reason. So what did it, it came, it came down to was during the Women in Business Awards and the campaign throughout the year, I met, and you know, with the sponsors, I met with women, successful women at all levels. And it was very clear to me that there were just some common denominators on, on what holds women back. And it became also clear that I also had things that were holding me back that I hadn't recognized before. And what I did was I looked back at what I had achieved, what I, how I had done it and how I've seen other women succeed and what it was about them that did it. And that's why I systemized. I kind of chunked down and broke down in steps and process. So how did I do what I did? How did they do what they did? How do you build confidence? And I spent months just fascinated by this topic and how to influence people. And I kind of came to this conclusion that in order to get ahead, you had to master these three things, which are very, very universal, again, with men and women, but, but primarily um, focus on women because women need to kind of get really good at this stuff, is the ability to inf inspire, the ability to influence, and the ability to, to impact change. 
And within that, those three eyes, I broke down into steps and processes, techniques that are about how you can master ability to communicate with impact, show up with poise and presence, um, with your passion. And, you know, there are a number of strategies, techniques, steps, you know, how do you find your purpose? I've got a seven step process to discover that. And it's just taking what one does, breaking it down. So that's what, that's how it came about. But it became something that became an obsession of mine, if I'm honest. And it really got so bad. I mean, I just then got locked inside my head. All right. So I recognized I was becoming obsessed with this and somehow I had to get it out there. So I, I started to write it down. I started to talk it out, started to, um, uh, you know, sound out other people on this subject. And it became very clear I was on the right track. So I then got a great guy who helped me to regurgitate because I believe that I've got ADHD, that I'm just <laughs> not sure I'm dyslexic, but I really struggle with getting things in my head into some sort of format so he helped me to do that and and it's still evolving honestly lots of amazing <laughs> things that keep coming up and sales is one of them because mm. you know women in sales sales is a dirty word and yeah, it's it, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a funny one isn't it it is a dirty word and I think you know I mean we're we're all guilty of this oh not another email spam or you know junk Ugh, yeah. no yeah. don't don't want to listen to that delete 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 um, before you've even you know even you know if you think about the stuff that comes through the letterbox as well that you didn't ask for mm -hmm. <laughs> you just like oh yeah but when you think okay. of a salesperson what do you think of what do you think of a typical salesperson what well, you kind of, think of but you know, you do is you kind of think of somebody that would sell their grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> pushy. You think of a car salesman, dare I say, I shouldn't say things like that. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, pushy, um, dishonest. So the, you know, the stigma attached to the word sales is, is there. Plus, you know, women particularly don't want to be come across as pushy overbearing um, and uh so i part of what i do is demystify this this term sales we demystify it in that it becomes you become a a problem solver so i kind of talk about i, I take people through a, a process of thinking a recalibrating if you like reframing how we are we're there to solve problems. And I talk about a doctor or a, you know, some kind of consultant who's there to diagnose what the problem is and mm -hmm. then come up with the prognosis, then come up with a, and if you become so inquisitive about someone's problems that you genuinely want to solve them and you ask the right questions in the right way and uh, to really not interrogate them, but to truly understand what their needs are then it is a natural next step to say i'll take you on this journey i will help you solve this problem you then become you know and sales in the virtual world now is completely different you don't cold call anymore you know the whole thing of strategy of 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 
picking up new clients, uh, winning new business is, is a very different uh, way of doing it. So it's becoming a thought leader and becoming an authority in the subject, you know, building a sort of following of people to stalk you, and then you can start <laughs> to communicate. Yeah, but that's a bit like what it what it is, isn't it? It's, oh yeah, it's completely, completely social it media stalking. <clears throat> yeah, social media stalking, and 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 there we go. And um, yeah, I mean yeah, that that's a, a different story in itself, isn't it? I suppose social media is yeah. kind of changed so vastly as well, hasn't it? Really. Yeah. So um, and you know, it's no longer. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we formed for the now because okay. no longer um, do you get the, the the figures on TV and radio, you know, it's, it's all uh, the online platforms like Spotify yeah. and Netflix and all that type of thing that you're going to get 73 million viewers for you know for example The Crown, I mean had like 73 million viewers within the space yeah. of I was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> my OC. Um, so you know, and it, it, it's it's a, a, an ever changing platform, isn't it? Really. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. You know, we're we're all kind of digital personalities now. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ab- absolutely, and you have to be heard. You have to have something important to say. And, uh, you know, that's where you have to differentiate yourself from the crowd and to be able to have the current confidence and courage to to say something that may not be um, because you know, it is that fear of being shot down in flames. <laughs> you know, social yeah. media is, you know, mm, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, that's another interesting conversation. Um, yeah. You know, that, that whole thing of how many likes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, I, I've become really hard to it. I don't really care who likes me or doesn't. Does that sound <laughs> awful? <laughs> no. I think that's yeah. healthy. I think that's healthy. I think, you know, it's a balance of getting feedback, isn't it? And being and learning to grow and change what we do. And because that's what we've got to be able to do is sound people out. If we're not giving out the right messages, then we need to adjust what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning about this. I mean, I think we're all outside our comfort zone to a, to a degree and everyone's comfort zone and confidence level is threshold is different. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's a, it is a big conversation. It's a big, you know, I think the the one thing that women, I say women, everybody, but, but us as women can do more of is to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Mm. And I think also it's particularly difficult for, I say difficult, a challenge for a lot of women coming back into the workplace who've been out of the workplace, who've been bringing up children uh, being up a, a family who've been out of that space, particularly now, coming back into the environment where they have to, there's a kind of lack of confidence there. Um, you know and it's about how do you accelerate that process of getting back on board? Yeah, 
no I, I was about to say do you know what you you really have set up raw talks at a right time because mm. um you know I mean a, a lot of women have already had their children babies whatever but they've been stationed at home for the last however many months and then you know yeah. something this year they're going back into an office environment and that is another situation in itself yep. isn't it really yep it is well life has changed i mean i don't everybody anyone who's coming back in after having a having a baby perhaps they've been on maternity leave and they have been out of the loop and coming back and this world has completely pivoted mm. and you know you do feel slightly um kind of inadequate or insecure or feeling like you're if you if you you know lacking in confidence let's just be honest it's so i absolutely recognize this and so for me what i'm doing with raw talks is giving women a an accelerator pedal mm. to accelerate their progression back into the workspace but also to give them an environment where they can do connect with other women and understand that they're not alone so i you know these three things that women i guess need more than anything else i think is the ability to connect to, to be inspired and to develop those are sort of three touch points that, that women tend to want more of uh, the other end of the scale though Ali are people of my age dare I say who have going through the gone through or going through the change of life you know the menopausal aspect of of female um aging which not fair is it <laughs> no but that um, for me I had I went through a yeah I suppose this was the kind of like the perfect story. maybe this is what tipped me over really was I had a divorce went through a divorce um suffered from anxiety but I also um uh, uh was going through menopause so I couldn't work out whether my uh breakdown or my anxiety was to do with my divorce my menopause and it was a just a complete you know uh disastrous combination so i don't any i'm kind of beyond that now but i still remember feeling that suddenly out of the blue i started feeling quite insecure in myself mm. and who i was and how i looked and and uh the you know i know women have it in varying degrees of severity and different symptoms and it can be unbelievably demoralizing debilitating um and and uh th you know completely throw you off your track so that other end of the scale if you like is also something i'm trying to you know reach out to women of of my age to say you can get your confidence back you can you have value and uh to to come on board and and learn to find your power of you the power within you and remind yourself of what you're capable of well do you know what Tamsin we we could probably talk all day <laughs> or all night yeah all night yes uh, we'll, we'll have to do uh, uh an evening bottle of wine or something instead of yeah of love that. <laughs> uh, at some point so just before you go I mean do you really do you see yourself writing a book raw talks Oh, lots of books, but you know what this takes as well, Ali, is a three, two, one, just do it. Uh, because so many of us have these books in our heads and in our 
hearts. I have got, I've got, I've got so much content, but yes is the answer. So I'm kind of getting hung by the tongue. I'm doing this myself by saying to you that I will have the draft of a, of a book this year, if not before the end of this year, but it will certainly be, it could be a number of eBooks, which I think will be, you know, um, bite-sized chunks of what I do that to get out there. Do. You could always do it in podcast format. Well, there you go. Yeah, I could. There's a thought. That's a very good thought. Yes. Good <laughs> and as a very good thought, an inspired action would be, actually, when we get off this, that I will actually put together my first chapter. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I'll, I'll look, we'll um, sort of wrap it up now. <laughs> so, okay. Thanks for coming on Tea Time. Thank it's so much for pressure. having me. Yeah. Cup of tea. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to chatting with my next guest on the tea time sofa this time next saturday in the meantime if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me you can reach me on tea time at forthenow.co.uk or you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram on tea time with am bye for now <laughs>